so I wanted to start this off by, you know, kind of, I guess, I guess the word is confront uh, some other podcasters. Oh yes. Out there, though, I'm not going to name any names, but uh, I guess the cool thing to do now is to go after your political moderates like Adam Carolla because he doesn't speak the language of social consciousness. So <laughs> naturally, everyone thinks he's a conservative, but uh, I mean, he's really a moderate. I mean, only only a really hippy dippy liberal Yahoo thinks he's a conservative. He's got some conservative leanings, but really he's like he's like middle of the road. And uh, and aside from that, I just want to I just keep thinking. You do know that this is the guy who uh, saved podcasting. Well, I wouldn't say that he saved podcasting, but he was certainly on the front line. He went to bat for us, and I'm very grateful that he did because if he didn't, you know, I couldn't I couldn't fight this battle. I said that if uh, if he lost, this podcast is over. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to put my neck out and risk having to pay these guys a licensing fee on top of uh, the court costs it would take, which we'd never be able to afford anyway. Oh, but oh, he made jokes about women not being funny. And you know what? The guy makes observational humor. It's almost... He's going to cross the line somewhere. Get over it. But I guess that's how people on the internet work now. It's, oh, we have to be outraged about something. And meanwhile, you can't even be bothered to know who's fighting your battles for you. Guess what? It's Adam Carolla. You know, these assholes out there who have these Patreon accounts, and they always start their podcast out with, with, we're pleased to announce our Patreon, and you can help us fund this show. And I just want to say, you know what? If Adam Carolla had backed down and just paid these guys off, you know what your Patreon money would go toward? You wouldn't be spending money on the fancy new mixer or the shiny new microphone or Chef Boyardee canned ravioli or whatever the fuck <laughs> you spend your money on. No, all your Patreon money would go toward a licensing fee to some asshole in Texas. Absolutely. Who didn't invent anything. I agree with you 100%. You know, I, I just want to say I'm sorry, people, that Adam Carolla can't be Jesus for you. He only busts patent trolls and chases down deadbeat contractors but he's got that one vice that you know we just can't look beyond that he's he's a terrible person because he made a joke you know it, it it pisses me off it pisses me off too because i look at this i look at people who are who you know who work really hard to get where they are doing what they want to do and and they don't understand what what it takes to to get there they think oh you know or they even think they're owed something and <laughs> i have this theory uh that that no matter how bad whatever you create can be and, and you know I, I know that sounds horrible but no matter how bad whatever you create can be you will find at least in the whole wide world about a thousand people that would love it no matter how badly written, how bad the art is, how bad the acting is, how bad the green screen effects are, or or how bad your acting is, someone's going to be like, hey, I love this. This is the greatest thing ever. And th there will be at least a, a thousand of those people in the world. And if you get yourself out there, they'll pay your Patreon and you, you'll be able to survive doing this horrible thing you're doing. And you know what? That's fine. People can spend their money on whatever they want. But Neil's right. You know? there's one guy who went out to bat for all of us to make sure everyone can pretty much distribute digital media. Because if you look at this patent, that's pretty much what it is. 
any digital media, distrib- distributing any digital media, and and he and he fought to protect, you know, the, just the the free internet, as it were. If he had laid down for these people, we would have all been fucked, at least in the short term. Um, like I said, he wasn't, he didn't save podcasting, but he's he's one of the players. The other one is the EFF, the Electronic Frontiers Foundation, and they're fighting this battle right now too. And they just scored a major victory, and I hope uh, I hope they can really knock this out, so that uh, you know if if this patent is invalidated, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be feeding time for uh, anyone personal audio had screwed over with their stupid licensing agreement. Yeah. I hope I hope that Apple, Microsoft, Adam Carolla, anyone that they tried to extort money out of, I hope they all sue the shit out of these assholes. Come check out Comic Connoisseurs. Every week, we take a look at the comics that come out and have a roundtable discussion about an awesome comic topic. Want to join in on the fun? Tell us and you can be on the show. Check us out on iTunes and ComicConnoisseurs.com. It's action. It's drama. It's comedy. It's DeCian, the superhero webcomic. DeCian's got superhero antics and sexy girls. Read it now at DeCian.com. D-A-S-I-E-N dot com. Hello, and welcome again to Animation Aficionados. Uh, tonight we'll be talking about the cartoons that uh, disturbed us as children. You know, those scary moments in those cartoons that just sort of stuck with us, gave us nightmares, that sort of thing. Uh, of course, I'm my co-host, TV Sister Neil. I have summoned you here for a purpose. Yes, well, for a purpose. Anyways, uh, the topic of this came up when I was watching some videos on YouTube and I saw the this uh, Snoopy sh- short cartoon where Snoopy is a sled dog and he comes from being like our very smart and and talented Snoopy to being turned into like this feral beast that has to eat off, eat like fish guts and and sleep in the cold and fight fight his fellow sled dogs and it it was very disturbing and you know it was one of those things that really stuck with me as as a child is you know you know, watching watching a beloved character like Snoopy, you know, turning into this feral beast in this process, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, Neil, what, what's a cartoon you remember that sort of gave you a some fright as a child? Uh, let's let's go right to uh, uh Pinocchio. Ah. Pinocchio didn't have the most horrifying uh villain, but it was just. I think it was just all around scarier than pretty much any other Disney film, you know, because of the, uh, the Island pleasure Island. Yeah. Pleasure Island. I mean, the one kid goes, what do I look like a jackass? And then he turns around, he's a jackass. Literally. <laughs> I mean, that was nightmare fuel for me as a kid. Cause that's like, that's almost an allegory for, uh, for abduction with, with how easy it is to just disappear into the night and no one ever sees you again. I don't, I don't think that other character ever showed up again in the movie. I, I could be wrong, but, uh, yeah, that was kind of freaky. Fair enough, fair enough. The thing is, the D- Disney movies actually have lots of scary moments for yes. children. Especially <laughs> the very early ones. Yes. Back before back before they lost their nerve and sort of made it, you know, everything has to be nice and clean for kids. Yeah, even though what's going on is still kind of uh, weird. Yes, and horrible. Yeah. Very, very horrible. Yeah, there's always a dark side to Disney films, it seems. Yes. Especially when you focus on things like, uh, you know, the circle of life. Yeah. 
is where you have carnivores eat herbivores. And uh, did you ever see the uh, the Honest Trailers version of that? <laughs> where they're like, they 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 changed the lyrics of the songs. It was like, he could eat us all, <laughs> something like that. Wow. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that that always seemed weird to me that all the uh, herbivores are kneeling before this this king of the jungle that can, that is also basically their their foremost predator. Well, it made a lot more sense in Kimba the White Lion. Yeah. Oh, they made that joke too. <laughs> of course they did. Everyone makes that joke because Kimba the White Lion actually went through a lot. It went through like a there was actually a story arc in the in that series about Kimba trying to come up with a better system than than you know carnivores eating herbivores. It, it's actually, uh, you know, but then we're moving off of the topic of cartoons yeah. that sort of freaked us out as kids. Uh, yeah, that cartoon is horrifying for a different reason. There was uh, there was this uh, cartoon in the 80s, this cartoon movie called The Nine Lives of Garfield. Right. And there was a sequence that was like the most beautifully animated Garfield sequence ever. It looks like it was done by by Bluth. It wasn't Bluth, but it looks like it was done by Bluth. It was uh, the sequence where Garfield like turns into like a werewolf. It it was very frightening, very stark, and very un very unlike what you see in, in Garfield cartoons or comic strips. Right. And to find out that this was actually a sequence that Jim Davis actually drew for a collection book before it was animated is like, wow. You know, that says something. He, he used to have balls, it seemed. He also did the uh, did the story where, uh, what was it? It was Garfield. A lot of people, like, uh, suspected it was, like, Garfield slowly dying. It was, like, yes. he was in an alternate universe or something. The house like, is empty and hasn't been lived empty. in years. Yeah, it was like a really, really dark storyline in Garfield. Yes, and everyone like freaked out about it. But you're right, yeah, Jim Davis used to have balls. <laughs> Before like all the Garfields just felt like cut and paste strips. Right. Uh what's another scary moment? Well, there's the uh the purple Smurfs episode, which is like a zombie plague comes to Smurf Village. <laughs> okay, it's it's really only scary if you're a small child, which I was when this aired. Basically, the hate plague comes to Smurf Village. It was like the... God, it had to be like the second or third episode that ever aired. It was really early in the show. And there's this huge plague going through the Smurf Village. Smurfs are turning into violent sociopaths. And we're running out of Smurfs, and we can't find the cure... And then at the end, there's a huge deus explosion that cures everyone. And even so, it was just kind of the the most nightmare fuel episode you could ever watch if you're like five. <laughs> and I think they even did another one, which was kind of different, where it just turned them apathetic and they would just walk around and say, I don't care. And fortunately, they never did the really scary one, which is that it just becomes a huge Jonestown and they all drink the fruit punch and that would have been really dark because we we all know that that smurf village is just a huge commune <laughs> so there's also um there was also the uh, mountain mountain king sequence in fantasia yeah there was that. that that one always gave a lot of fright for children 
Um, um, the reveal of uh, the reveal of uh, Judge Doom from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, he was know. pretty scary throughout that movie. I know, but when when he like peeled himself up and like filled himself with helium, mm-hmm. I mean, all of a sudden it, it turned into something completely different. And when you read uh, Zemeckis's plans for who he was, it, it sort of like gets a little silly. Do you know what I mean, Neil? I think so. Um, if for, for the listeners that don't know, Zemeckis originally planned that Judge Doom was the hunter that shot Bambi's mom. Oh, that's right. And uh, scarring moment for children. Yes. And by the way, kids, um, hunters aren't allowed to shoot does. So what that hunter did was wrong. <laughs> hunters can only shoot bucks. That's the law. So. So what happened there, you know, is not uh, really what is legal. So, but moving on, you have, um, what about the dog hell sequence and all dogs go to heaven, Neil? Uh, I suppose that could be frightening. See, that I saw that when I was older, so that was like, ah. I don't know, that didn't really bother me. Okay, fair enough. I can understand that. Hmm, was there any sequences in, uh, in what's a, in the... Uh, in the Hobbit that sort of grabbed you, the uh, the Rankin Bass Hobbit. That I don't know. That wasn't really all that scary to me. I mean, the the, the animation. I was more I was more in love with the animation than I was scared of it. It was. Uh, I mean, I suppose you might consider Smog scary, but I don't know. I, I was just like so absorbed in how weird and different the animation was that I wasn't bothered by what I was seeing. Mm. Oh, about Nightmare Before Christmas. How old were you when you saw that? Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, you know, I don't. I think to this day I still have not seen that movie all the way through. Yeah, you know what? Hmm. Neither have I. Yeah, that's one I've of only those seen movies like... that every time I try to see it, something happens. It's like The Big Lebowski. Every time I try to watch The Big Lebowski, like the phone rings or something happens where I end up missing it. It's like this weird thing that keeps happening. Yes, I can understand that. Was there any sequence in the in the Transformers that sort of caught you, or? Um, not really. <laughs> I have to remember I was ten at the time that that movie came out. So, no, Unicron wasn't very scary because he's this big orange ball of death. But you know, even then, it you know something has to be conceptually scary to me. It has to be like an like an F an epidemic where, you know, where you're like in very immediate danger of, uh, of, uh, getting overtaken by something. Whereas Unicron was just kind of like, he was just kind of hanging back throughout the movie and like, you know, pushing Galvatron around, but he was never in any, it was never any sign that earth was in any danger of getting eaten. Cause of course the scale would dictate that Unicron wouldn't even be the same size as like, uh, like a small satellite. So, did you just bring up scale in Transformers? I know, I know, but shame on you. Thirty lashes. But there are scenes in that movie where he's standing on top of Cybertron, and like you, you can actually see specks of the robots, uh, flying around, flying all around him. And I'm like, well, if you could see the robots, then he's not that big. I mean, even even Transformer scales has scale has its limits. So, 
Yeah. He, no, he didn't really do anything in the movie. He just kind of transformed at the end. He's like, I'm going to eat Cybertron, but first, I'm going to transform into a giant robot and waste a lot of time. And Now, he was never scary. Hmm. Well, about G.I. Joe, there was this episode where Shipwreck, like, has a family that melts. Okay, that's a weird episode, yeah. <laughs> it's just like the horror episode of, of G.I. Joe. That was kind of... I wasn't scared by it, but it was, like, very disturbing. Very off-putting, even? Yeah, and it was a character that he had met in a previous episode that was his wife. And to see her kind of, like, disintegrate before him, that was pretty disturbing. And yes. it was like it was like all the first episode, and then the second episode, you know, the whole thing started to unravel, and it re- and you really, you know, started to figure out what was going on, and then it just came, became ridiculous. It's like it's like Cobra built a town for him to live in, just so they could extract some secret from his brain. It was like they made what's that Jim Carrey movie? They made it like a little Truman uh, Show. Yeah, they made a Truman Show for him. And I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> but his wife melted, Neil. Yeah, I know. Well, here's one that, you know, someone might accidentally pick up for children, but I don't know why. Watership Down. Oh, I refuse to watch that movie. That and Play it, Dogs. It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. It's it's it, it's just very, it's something stylistically about that and Plague Dogs bothers me. In that, you know, you, you can tell, okay, technically they're animating technically correctly, but it doesn't look good because it's like they, it, it's not even that there's too much detail. It's like too much of the wrong detail. Does that make sense? I think so. Like, you know, animation's about controlling timing with your animation. It's also about controlling your lines. And, you know, if you have like, 6,000 lines on something, but you animate them all well together, it still would look wrong because you have 6,000 lines and you might only need 600. Mm -hmm. I think that's the problem I have with, you know, Watership Down and the Plague Dogs. Because stylistically, it just looks so... (sighs) A mess. Yeah. And let's see, what else? Um, Well, I was a little bit older when I saw it, but it still was very visually haunting. There was a scene in the Batman the Animated Series. It, it, they revealed it was it was all a a a, a hallucination nightmare. Oh, but that there, episode, yeah. Yes, where uh, Barbara Gordon Batgirl's body hits the uh, windshield of a police car. Right. And you know, again, you know, like I said, it's very it's it's a very visually disturbing moment, and. Uh, you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, the censors originally didn't, originally didn't want them to get the shot. Yeah, or they didn't like the version of the shot. They had to change the angle. And the it shot w- that they went with was actually more horrifying than what the original shot was. It was going to be a shot outside from, 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 a, from a down, from an upward looking downward angle. Yeah. As, as a long shot. They got an inside the car shot from from the driver's perspective of her body hitting the windshield instead. And Bruce Tim and Paul Dini famously said, "Oh my God, their legs make it worse." Yeah, it's just it just shows the stupidity of what of how network sensors think. It's like, okay, the shot is a little more obscured. You know, you're not seeing the 
you're not seeing her whole body hitting this car. It's obscured because the camera's actually in the back seat. So you have the two front seats kind of obscuring part of the shot. And they're not really thinking about the fact that it's Commissioner Gordon in the front seat watching his daughter die right in front of him. Yes. So it's it's just complete idiocy sometimes, you know, with what networks do. Absolutely. Yeah. Wasn't there another episode where it was Batman who was having a hallucination of his, yes. his parents coming back to life? And it's like the horror of him, of, of the realization, he goes to read something and he realizes he can't read. And yes. that's what tips him off that it's a dream. Yes. And that had to be heartbreaking because he realizes right then in that in that moment that his parents are gone. Yes, and he he's like, oh, he's like, I finally understand what this is, and this is it's like the most horrible thing that could happen. And he decides the best way to get out of a dream is to kill himself in the dream. Mm-hmm. And he was pretty pissed off, and he finally woke up. What character was that? I don't. Remember. It was it was the Mad Hatter. Yeah, and he's like, Why did you do it? Hatter's got a hat. Mm-hmm. I was I was waiting for a groan on that one, but yeah. okay, <laughs> I'll take what I can get, right. but. Uh, now, again, you know, these, you know, animation as a medium, it can actually lead to very disturbing moments. Uh, and uh, <laughs> the, fu- the funny thing is uh, there are cartoons that try to have these disturbing moments, but because of the quality of the production, it just doesn't make it. Uh, uh, an example of this is, uh, is, is He-Man. I think He-Man tried to like go into a disturbing route once or twice, but they never really made it, you know, because it's filmation. Yeah, it's filmation and all their animation sucks and you don't you don't really you don't really buy that they're ever in danger because you know that they probably don't have the sock animation of anyone getting injured. Yes. Because you have this guy named T-Man with a giant sword, and the best he does is just, like, uh, brandish it around while he, like, tumbles and throws somebody with his other arm. and Or shoot energy beams out of it, because that works. I mean, the closest thing to have to a horror character is Skeletor, and Skeletor was never scary. Not even for an instant. Well, they made made his eyes look sad, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Like, sad sad puppy dog-like skull eyes once, and it was like... Really? Because the thing is, you have this guy whose face fucking melted off his body, mm-hmm. and and he's like this living skeleton, like kept alive with the power of evil. And even with that, you know, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, Lou Shiver still found a way to puss him out. Yeah, <laughs> and, that, and that's even before he he turned face. <laughs> I must save the children. <laughs> Like like I said, you have this guy whose face fucking melted off, mm-hmm. and he's being kept alive by the power of pure undiluted evil. He has he has a fucking skull for a face, mm-hmm. and it, it, you know, you know, anywhere else this this sounds like this sounds like the story of like a like a of a dark metal band song or something. But but even even with all that, it's like you know, oh, it's a loose Abercrombie cartoon. Okay, he's gonna be a pussy. Yeah, he's a total puss. I mean, I mean. <laughs> I, I would almost compare him to Cobra Commander, but even Cobra Commander's face when he finally unmasked was like far freakier than than having a bare skull face and Skeletor. But he was once a man. You know, on the topic of Sunbow cartoons, I think if you put all the cartoons together, I think I 
ironically enough, the closest they came to an actual scary cartoon was uh, Rescue at Midnight Castle. Really? Yeah. And I'm just going to let that process for a second. People are like, wait a minute. That's My Little Pony. Because <laughs> the, the first episode of My Little Pony was kind of a badass cartoon before they pussified it. It's a it's a show for girls about ponies and unicorns. I know, but they like actually had some balls in that first episode. <laughs> and it's like, God, this animation's awesome. And Megan doesn't have that pink, flowery, what-the-hell getup she had on in later episodes. She actually looked... <laughs> The whole thing was awesome, and it's like they're turning the ponies into, like, demon horses, and and the bad guy actually looks like a badass, and, and like, and then at the end, you know, they're just like, okay, we can't, we can't have this. We're, we're going to have to... Uh, this is too badass for us. Yeah, this is too badass for us. And this, this is the one that had Sandy Duncan. <laughs> I mean, it sounds funny that I'm calling a, a My Little Pony cartoon, like, badass but it actually was before they did the movie god that movie sucks yes it does. it's like it's like the the villains in the my little pony movie were just it was basically like the female version of the three stooges and their their big menace was that they created a purple sludge and the whole point of the movie was to was to sell kids on the new my little pony castle that came out I'm like, this movie, you know, people say Transformers is, is a big cash in on toys. It's like th that they that had nothing on the My Little Pony movie. It was literally, we're going to sell a playset. And in the movie, it looked like a playset. Yes, it did. I think, at least in Transformers, the movie, Autobot City did not look like the toy. It looked like this big orange metal base that was far bigger than what the toy would suggest. <laughs> God damn. That is true. Yeah. Well, you know, you look at this and, uh, you know, it's. I just thought of a very frightening cartoon moment for me. Um, geez, I, I almost had it, but I lost it. That's. Mm. Well, I do know that uh, that Tales from the Crypt was a, uh, it was a was a Saturday morning cartoon for a while, but it was really pussied out. Yeah. Yeah. They did a they did a very cheesified version of the monkey's paw. Oh yeah. Where at the end of it, the boy wishes to speak to the owner of the monkey's paw, and then you have this like giant evil gorilla chasing him. Right. And you know, again, this the, the, these are these are ideas that could. Oh, I got one. Uh, wasn't there like this really frightening visual like? Uh, Ren and Stimpy moment? Um, I don't know. It depends on what you mean. Ah. There's the the band episode, which was uh, which was uh, the episode in which Ren beat George Licker with an oar. <laughs> That's not really frightening. It was pretty intense, I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were... I can't really think of any moment in Ren and Stimpy that I would call scary, but there were lots of intense moments like uh, um, Space Madness, where Ren is slowly going insane, and he's he's talking to his bar of soap. Yes. Or uh, Stimpy's invention, where he creates the happy helmet. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and, and Ren 
Ren is like miserable as he's being happy, and he reaches into the drawer to get out a hammer and starts beating the the helmet off his head. You know, it's uh, you know, it's not exactly like the the bastion of cartoon, uh, uh, cartoon, uh, uh, supremacy or, or, or cartoon uh, goodness, but but the one thing I have to give credit to. Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants is sometimes they do like really frightening looking still images. Mm-hmm. It's 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 like something from the John K. School of of animating. You know, you know the characters look like the regular designs, and then they do like a a, a cut, you know a jump cut shot to like a really painted like disturbing looking still image of a character that doesn't that doesn't look anything like their model. Right. You know, it's things like that that sort of makes it. That sort of makes you go, hmm. That's gonna give me nightmares. Right. That's <laughs> uh, what, what's another one? Um, did you ever watch the Brave Little Toaster? Like the yes. uh, the uh, the uh, uh, the landfill scene where they're or the you know it's got the the garbage crusher. Yes. It's like and it, the the big magnet is is picking up all the all the garbage and. And of course, all the garbage is sentient, and everything, and they're all—it's all getting uh, crushed as they're all singing a song. That was kind of—I don't know—if I was a little younger, I think I would have been kind of freaked out by that. Ah, uh. because they're all singing about their mortality as they're being sent to, to their death. <laughs> yes, that is—that is twisted. That truly is a twisted moment. Mm. You know, it—it it requires a lot to like really. To really rattle someone's brains. I mean, I mean, something has to be, something really has to make you go. Ugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, because the whole thing is, cartoons are still treated as like a uh, a children's medium in the United States. Oh, that's something else we haven't talked about. There are several anime moments that like got over to the U.S. that sort of, you know, freaked us out. Aren't there not? Um. I'm sure there were. I, I'm not really thinking of any at the moment. Ah. Well, there's always the uh, end of Akira. Oh. That if you had the guts to get all the way through it. To, well, not the guts, the uh, patience. I mean, because it's Akira. Yeah, I'm trying to think of one that... that I really can't think of any other really disturbing moments in anime. I mean, anime's usually where you get that sort of thing. Well, there is End of Ava where you have everyone exploding into yellow Kool-Aid. I was, was going to say, yeah, Giant Ray. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that, that fucking song they play, it's like, it sounds like this really happy song, but if you listen to the lyrics, it's really kind of depressing. Turn back time Cause now the guilt is all mine Can't 
It's the only song I think is that is in Ava other than the opening and closing themes. Well, the it's, closing theme is a Frank Sinatra song. I know, but like this was actually during like it was like the the last scene of the movie. Ah. So. Well, you gotta remember the TV series ended with "Congratulations, Shinji." Oh yeah, that was ending. Well, the ending's supposed to be like this existential, like uh, crisis of, of of the importance of individuality and in finding need and worth in society. And people didn't like that. People wanted giant robot battles. So and I was like, oh, oh, you want giant robot battles? You want an ending? Oh, I'll give you an ending. <laughs> So that's why that's why End of Evangelion is the way it is because the director's like you didn't understand my vision so I'm going to shit on all the characters. I'm going to kill everybody. Yes. And I'm going to crucify Shinji. Yes. It, it it was it was basically Hino going screw you guys and you in here. <laughs> Which in itself is kind of funny if not disturbing because oh that's something that is disturbing. Um, Attack on Titan, I'm an adult when I saw it, but the visuals of the first episode are in itself, you know, very visually disturbing. Yeah. I mean, you have these people being devoured, and it shows them being devoured, and it's like, yes, okay, we get it. You know, anyone else would like, you know, jump cut or, or silhouette cut, or, and, you know, the animation director's like, nope, chew, chew, chew. By these big, giant, happy looking naked people yes that have the most horrifying look of joy i i it's it it cannot be described it can only be seen yes it can never be unseen sadly yeah oh boy i don't don't think i'll be watching the rest of that neither will i well the thing is the nihilism sort of was what got me yeah it's like why do you people watch this I, I mean, it's like, you know, I like uplifting stories where where the heroes have a shot, you know? It's like, that's why we watch Star Wars. The good Star Wars. <laughs> Before it became something else. Before they ruined Darth Vader forever. Yes. He is not space Jesus. <laughs> but uh, it's, you know, the level of disturbing that, that they can show you... You know, oh, that reminds me. Did you remember the episode of uh, Family Guy where where Brian got high on mushrooms? Um, I might have. They they had the sequence done by a a guest animation director mm-hmm. where where like Brian's skin is peeling off and Peter's being cooked on a spit. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Vaguely, yeah. Don't go looking for it on YouTube right now. <laughs> you like, heard I, typing. I, I can hear you typing, and it's like, it's like every time you do that, I gotta cut it out because <laughs> it's like okay. people people don't want to listen to us watch YouTube. Well, good. That's a good. That's a good thing because you know what? You're right. No one wants to watch us. You know, no one wants to listen to us to us watch someone else because mm-hmm. that's boring. But. Uh, but yeah, that, that that's a, so, a huge level of disturbing in and of itself. Uh, there was, uh, oh, that, that's right. The Simpsons, like years earlier, did like. Remember when Homer ate that chili? Um, I think so. And that was in itself was like this huge, weird, like psychedelic sequence. 
I mean, it's the Simpsons had some early stuff like that too. I mean, I mean, it, it's the kind of thing where the anime animators like go really wild doing something, you know, that is so visually different that. And another example of this is the Beavis and Butthead movie. Do you remember that, Neil? I do remember that. Oh, where they they eat some like weird mushroom in the in the, uh, in the desert and they start yes. eating, and it turns yes. into a white zombie video. Yes. Again, I, it, I, I don't know if I would ever have considered that scary. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, it, it just turns into a white zombie video. I'm just like, oh, this is starting to get weird. Oh, wait, there's a girl with boobs. But you, you don't think like the whole thing with people melting and stuff like that. That doesn't like make you go, hmm, that's messed up. Eh. Well, I should have figured because you know the kind of music videos Needles watched. <laughs> No, that's not it. It's just that I don't know. Some things, if if I know that there's like no shot of it happening, then it doesn't freak me out at all. Mm. It's like that's kind of why the uh, the the hell scene of uh, all dogs go to heaven like has no effect on me because that that means nothing to me. It's like, but if you have like if you have like a plague or or like or people getting mutilated, that that starts to freak me out. Ah. Uh. Like, I got gotcha. you. It's like I will never watch uh, Human Centipede. I will never watch uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But like ah. Freddy Krueger, no effect because it's like this is stupid. It's a guy with a glove, and and supposedly he only attacked you from your dreams. <laughs> That's when you are most vulnerable, Neil. Yeah. Neil's not impressed with Freddy. The on- the only horrifying aspect of that is that Dokken might start singing. <laughs> Are you afraid of Freddy Fazbear, though? Um, I don't know. Five Nights. Oh, that, no. That Freddy. No. No? Okay. Well, overall, to me, I think that the whole point about what makes these things in animation really scary is, is partly because in animation you aren't really limited to, you know, you know, props and scenes and effects like you are everywhere else. I mean, you can, if you want to have someone melting, you can actually animate them melting. I mean, if you want to have like, like, you know, anything else that would be like a really hard effect shot or look really stupid and cheesy and CG, you know, in animation could just have happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Or like in uh, Attack on Titan, having people horribly, horribly eaten. It's oh my god, that was so horrible. I mean, overall, I think that that's really what makes the you know makes horror and animation really hor- horrific. You know the the, the the stuff that really scares you as a child. You know, it, it's it's stuff that could be as subtle as seeing a character that you love, like Snoopy, being forced to be a sled dog, or something that's like really, really cerebral, like the Garfield sequence where Garfield turns into a wolf, mm-hmm. or or again, it could be any, anything in between. It could be, it it could be the, uh, it could be the uh, like Neil said, the ponies being turned into what? What'd you say again? And demon horses. Yes. Yes, I imagine that got gave some girls some nightmares. <laughs> some little girl's nightmares and he was like fuck you little girl <laughs> that usually is neil's reaction 
that was my reaction to uh, one of the uh, kids kids watch uh, or kids, kids react to skip kids it. react yeah kids react to uh, something it, I don't know maybe it was like a Walkman or something it was a skip it oh yeah and one girl yeah. says was this from like the fifties and Eel went it's like fuck you little girl. <laughs> <laughs> it was like it was an '80s toy, but yeah, skip it was stupid. Yes, yes. So overall, I think that that's what makes uh, that's what makes animation really frightening. Uh-huh. But uh, I think I think that's all we really got to say here. We might revisit this later when we have a little bit more, you know, you know, a little bit more on a list or something. But overall, I think you know this is a good dive into like those moments that. As kids, please keep the light on. Uh, so this show's Ben with TV's Mr. Neil, and we're saying good night. Night. Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to MWire only on GeekCastRadio.com. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe News, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe Talk meets Sports Talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right, and we pay again. Come on, Chuck. We're just kidding, kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right, and we... Okay, seriously, this is just getting ridiculous now. It's What's on Joe Mind, every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Good No. What about sports? That sounds good. Yeah, that's alright. Tooncast is dedicated to the cartoons we grew up with. 100 episodes and more make up one of the GCRN's most popular podcasts. Join hosts TFG and Mike, Optimus Solo, Terror the Rising Star, and tons of guest hosts. We also have voice actor and writer interviews. Tune in to Tooncast as we look back on the cartoons that defined us as geeks. You can find Tooncast on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Tune in. Yeah, I haven't upgraded the new Skype or yeah, the new Skype yet because it looks stupid, and from what I hear, people are like having issues with it as far as recording. So I'm, yeah, you know, I'm gonna wait for that to get ironed out before I upgrade Skype. I lost my last episode of Comic Connoisseurs on it. Yeah, JT and I aren't gonna JT and Pablo aren't gonna be happy because that was our comics and you know Super Sentai comics episode and. Uh... You'll never duplicate the the magic. No, it was it was great. It was. Uh, um, I finally put into words why I think Super Sentai is better than Power Rangers again. Mm-hmm. I said it's because Super Sentai never takes itself seriously because they're, they're like, oh, it changes every year. You know what? We're just gonna have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, this is serious business, guys.
fucking Power Rangers. <laughs> I I can't believe that it's it's still going on. Yeah, and it never really stopped, did it? It would actually stop for two years. <sighs> I mean, it just infuriated me that some of the cartoons that I watched as a kid got like two or three seasons, and then this show comes along and it just kept going for like years. Yes. I know. I know how you feel because the thing is, it's like you got these guys, you got these, you know, these stunt actors that are like Kiwis just running around, you know, you know, pretending that they're doing this, this footage. Then, you know, when, like, when, like when two o'clock comes, they just go and sit in a booth while, and record some voiceovers of like the Japanese guys that like really did the work. And it's not even like they're doing like voice acting either. They're, they're like, Hey guys, let's use our special weapon. You know, it's, it's, it's not like they're like, you know, being voice actors because, you know, they, they do the segments where they're like at the club as them, as their unmorphed selves doing the same level of like really bad acting, you know? Yeah. Oh God. Oh my God. That makes me depressed. What'd you just post? Two pictures of Megan from, uh, from my little pony pre-crisis Megan and post-crisis Megan. Oh my God. Did you take that for my pre-crisis post-crisis Daffy? Yeah. Well, I've all I've always called her pre-crisis and post-crisis Megan. Ah, okay. Well, it's like, what I got one do to her. I got one for you. What? This is post-crisis Spoonie. It seems at this point he's had lots of post-crisis. <laughs> Doesn't he just does he not just not look well? I don't know. He he I mean it's not a good picture of him, that's for sure, but he looks I mean he's got color in his face, he's I mean he looks tired, I guess. I don't know. Every time you're like, doesn't he look terrible? I've seen worse. It's like he he, he looks fine, he just looks tired. It's like I I, I don't want to do this anymore. But I don't have a choice. Either, I don't want to do this either, no more. It's either this or flip burgers. That that's what that face tells me. He doesn't look sick or anything. He just looks he looks like he's stuck doing what he's doing. Okay, I guess that's fair. I I just I just see the red in his nose, and that's and that's what people tell me is a drinker's nose. That's what I hear. It's like you know, people say, "Oh, you see someone with like a really bulbous red nose. That means they drink a lot." Yeah. That's what that's what people always tell me. So I was I was looking at some. So apparently someone did a Kickstarter for this thing that like where you step on a lever and it like lifts up the toilet seat. Okay. Yeah, it, and they're trying to say it's going to revolutionize bathrooms and, and shit like that. But the thing is, is because of the mechanism, it doesn't let you have the toilet seat all the way down anymore. Wow. And also, it doesn't really raise it all the way up. It sort of like just hinges it a little bit. You just step on this like this lever, and it just hinges it up a little bit, like 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 I'd say about sixty degrees. You know, they they have this other thing that also raises uh, toilet seats. It's called an arm. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you gotta wash it after you use it, but you know, otherwise. <laughs> I mean, there's also this guy that has this Kickstarter for this device that you plug into your phone, and what this device is is this animatronic frog that that flaps its lips every time, you know, in time to what the person is saying on the phone to talking to you. 
Mm-hmm. It's like that, that you know number one that's a novelty at best. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's like something that's gonna be in the attic next to the uh, next dancing to the, Santa or the singing fish or whatever. That's, sounds pretty bad, doesn't it? Yeah. Yep. Ooh, here we go. I mean, it could be worse. So, let's see. Here we got the... So, how many pages left on the Christmas special? They reenacted that scene? What? What? My Wait. Little Pony. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if that's from the cartoon or if a fan did it. That's the problem with Flash is that, like, Fans can pretty much replicate what's on the show, so I don't know if that's an actual shot. Probably not because Derpy's in it. So, so in in the Kitty Ox chat, someone came in and asked me, you know, who who are some internet guys we like? And I said, I, and and, he, and I said, oh, I kind of like John Tron. He's okay. Yeah. Because he said he's going to Magfest and he wanted to know. Who to see, and that, that's all I could say is like, eh, John Tron's kind of okay. I mean, well, what would you say? Because it's like, you know, Rue and uh, I don't think he's going to Magfest this year. Oh, well, you're just asking. Well, I don't know who's going to Magfest. Uh, he sent me this link, and like oh. I said, the only one I well, I also said Smooth McGroove. Yeah, he's pretty cool, and that's about all I could say is like, oh, you know, Smooth McGroove and and John Tron. Uh, you know, I don't really know who who the rest of these guys are. I don't keep it that way. <laughs> let's let's find out. Do you know any of these guys? It's Brian. But they just keep coming up with more of these people. I who are these people? I know. I, that was the same way. I was like, who are these guys? Did somebody kick over a, a garbage can and a bunch of new internet celebrities just kind of rolled out? Who's this Marsha Ray person, though? Because I might want to find out more about her. Oh, she looks nice. Ego Raptor doesn't look too nice. What happened to him? Oh, well, you know. All them all them dollar tacos don't, you know. Yeah. Don't agree with you. I don't know who these people are. I know. I'm, I'm the same way. I'm like, who are these people? Like, I started a YouTube channel. I'm a celebrity now. Like I'm I said, gonna... the only the only ones I know is John Tronsman, the Groove, and Ego Raptor. Oh, Brental Floss. But then I don't really, I'm not really familiar with Brental Floss as like, as like a, an internet personality. I just know him as like some guy who does music for some of the other channels. Yeah, so I'm, I'm the same here. It's like I mean, th- that name. Otherwise, that name means nothing to me. I, I love this. I'm like, who are these people? Hot Pepper Gaming. I was thinking, you know what? If anyone knows who this guy is, it's probably Neil because Neil watches lots of these gaming channels. Yeah. And, okay, see? You don't know. Oh, wow. That's his shtick? I clicked on his picture. Let me read. For over a year, Hot Pepper Gaming has been eating hot peppers and reviewing reviewing video games at the same time. Okay. That's his shtick. That's a kind of sad shtick, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, Matthew Mercer. I've heard his name on uh, Retro Gaming Roundup. He's and it looks like he has like a legitimate career. He's like he's a voice actor. Yeah. So yeah, I've I've heard his name. I'm not familiar with him though. 
Okay, here, Ian Jones Courtley is actually an animation director from Cartoon Network. Okay, Wes Johnson. Okay, I have heard of him, too. All right. Ninja Brian. Yeah, it looks like someone I don't need to know. Ninja Brian? Yeah. Where is this Ninja Brian? Top right corner. Oh, my God. See, that he's good at being a ninja because you didn't see him. Ninja Brian is half of the ninja sex party and one-third of Starbomb. He totally hates you. Oh. Oh, Rebecca Sugar also works for Cartoon Network. Oh, okay. So there we go. There's another legitimate person. Okay, Austin Wintory is also a legitimate person. He. Uh, okay, so this isn't like a low-cow convention. This is actually like... No, I, I think I think the thing is, is they're getting rid of the low-cows and getting like real people instead. Why is because... he the there then? <laughs> because two years ago, two years ago, this was nothing but low cows. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would definitely go see Ego Raptor. I mean, he's at least funny. I'd see Smooth the Groove in person, honestly. You know. Yeah. Hope he brings his cat. So, like I said, you know, I was asked very point blank, who would I? I, I said, well, you know, I know John Tron and Smooth the Groove. And I think they're okay. So. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. It's like, I don't know who these people are. <laughs> Okay, this guy's a voice actor. That's okay. Okay, this is... What the hell is this guy? What guy? Barry D. Kramer. I don't know. I, I don't know if this is like a spoof biography or what. Because he says Barry, Barry, you know, sometimes watches people play video games for a living. Sometimes he plays video games himself. I'm like, what? I don't know if they're joking anymore, Neil. Oh, the guy who did the the uh, Soul Calibur games. Uh, no, actually, pretty much all these guys are, like, legitimate people. It's, you know, the only one here that I actually say is a lol cow is probably Hot Pepper Gaming. <laughs> I, Neil, how can that be a shtick? Why is that a thing? They aren't even talking about the games. They're just eating a hot pepper. This is just a dare video. You win if you dare. Oh, that's all it is. They're just eating habaneros. Not even talking about video games. Why are they calling this gaming? This is a lie. No, they're a phony, Neil. A big fat phony. Yes. If you say gaming, I expect some gaming talk. Not just you having ego wrapped in a hot pepper. I mean, it's like, oh, whoop de freaking do. <laughs> you are right. Ego Raptor does look worse for wear, doesn't he? Yeah. Honestly, they all look pretty bad. They all look like, you know, their best years are behind them. Everything is behind them. So you won't believe what was on my recommended videos on YouTube this morning. What? Uh, turns out that uh, YouTube made a copyright class video using the Happy Tree Friends. Okay. And for some reason, that was on my recommended videos list. The Happy Tree Friends? Yes. It took me a minute to remember what, what that even was. <laughs> Do you remember? I remember. Isn't that the... That's, that's the cartoon where, like, it's like cute little animals and, like, violent things happen to them. Yes. I remember I sent one of those to my sister, like, a long time ago. And they get this email back. He's like, why did you show me this? <laughs> because I can. Now I don't know 
Burns, Billy. It's okay. We'll make them all. We'll make them all. No one knows what we are saying, but it's fun to sing it anyway. No one knows at all.